Well, welcome back to our fifth week in our message series looking at the Gospel of Mark. We're looking specifically at the words, the ways and the works of Jesus and exploring who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's said, what was his actions that he did. So let's just pray. Let's just come into this space. Let's just pray together and ask God to open our minds and our hearts, our soul to the message that he has given us through the Bible today, through the reading that we've just had. So let's just pray together. Our gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that we can share together. We give you thanks that we can open up your word freely, without restriction, without fear of persecution. And Lord, we just, we just ask that you speak into our hearts today, a message just for us. May you speak into our hearts proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ so that we may know that you are our Lord and Saviour. We just pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, before I kick off too far, I actually just want you to think for a moment. Um, and if you're online with us in church and you're on our online church platform, um, I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to put in, if you can, into the comment section, um, your thoughts on this. Um, so... We've just had a section, we've just read a little bit of uh, Mark's Gospel, and it uh, pertains to some rules and regulations. And, and I just want you to throw up there, what are some of the, the weirdest, most ridiculous laws that you've come across or that you may know about? Um, and I'm going to tell you a few. The Daily Telegraph, actually, a couple of years ago, um, had a list of some of the weirdest laws um, from around the world, and here are just a few of them. And the first one comes from Australia, from Victoria, in fact. Um, here's, here's the first weird lord, uh, law. Um, did you know that it's actually forbidden to wear hot, uh, pink hot pants after midday on Sunday? What a great law, isn't it? You're not allowed to wear pink hot pants after midday on Sunday. Moving to the US, land of the law. Lots of lots of different laws. It's funny, when I was looking at this list, I went, actually, the US has some really weird laws. And they have lots of them. They were on the list up there. So Ohio, the first one, uh, here's an interesting law for you. You know it's actually against the law to get a fish drunk? Yes, no, to actually have, you know, give alcohol to fish. It's actually against the law to give alcohol to fish. Or in Eureka, Nevada, um, anybody wearing, any, any of the guys wearing a moustache at the moment? In Eureka, Nevada, it's, it's still illegal for men with moustaches to kiss women. What a great law, you know? <laughs> We've got some great laws out there. Or Zion, Illinois, in the US, it's still illegal to actually offer cigars to your pets. So you're not to get your pets smoking cigars. You know, there's some weird laws out there. Singapore, let's go to America. Let's not pick on America too far. Let's uh, Singapore, it's actually illegal to chew gum. And chewing gum is actually illegal in Singapore. You're not even allowed to import it. Um, or back to the US, to Kentucky, um, it's illegal. Oh, I love this one. It's illegal to actually carry an ice cream cone in your pocket. Who makes up these laws? Okay, let, let's leave the US alone for a moment. Let's go to Italy just for a second. To Milan, Milan, Italy. Um, and apparently there's a law there that says it's actually illegal for citizens to frown in public. You're not allowed to frown in public unless, of course, you're at a funeral or you're visiting someone at hospital. 
They're the only two times you're allowed to frown in public in Milan. So, you know, laws are interesting. You know, laws often at times are confusing, uh, especially if, you, you know, the laws have been, you know, come from a time that was different to when we've, we are now. You know, world, the world moves, the world changes, the patterns of behaviour, the things that we are involved in all change. And sometimes our laws don't catch up to the changes that we have. So uh, it gets really confusing. And in this section from Mark's Gospel, we're looking at how Jesus actually was questioned uh, about his disciples, why they weren't following some of the rules just like the Pharisees were. And here's, here's my first big point for us to actually take away today. Here's our main point. Christianity is not about rules and regulations. It's about our relationship with Jesus. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about actually our relationship with Jesus. So let's just jump into it. And I'm, I'm just going to go back over that little reading for us so that we've got this with us. So, um, but I'm going to go for the second part of that reading that we had today. So we're going to jump ahead a little bit and then we're going to jump backwards. So on the Sabbath day, this is from Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 28. On, on the Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some uh, grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, have you not even read the scriptures? What David did when he, he and his companions were hungry, he went into the house of God during the day with uh, Abinath, with, was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord over the Sabbath. So to actually understand this, we, we, we actually need to understand the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? And, and how did the Sabbath, what, what place does it have within the Jewish culture um, of that time? Uh, it, it's, it's not actually the fact that the disciples were doing something wrong by picking the grains. It wasn't actually about go, walking through the field and picking the grains. If we actually jump into Deuteronomy, um, chapter 23, verse 25, you'll actually have this, you know, um, and when you enter your, your neighbour's field of grain, you may pluck the head of grain with your hand but not harvest with a shickle. So, so if you're walking along... You can actually, here's one of the laws, you can break the head of the grain, you can, you can take it. You don't even have to eat it, you can just take it. But you're not allowed to come around and, you know, harvest stuff. You know, actually take lots of grain from your neighbour. So, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting there. The, the, the fact that the issue that they were having wasn't that they were breaking a law that way, they were breaking it on a particular day. It was on the Saturday. It was on the Sabbath. It was, the, it was between Friday, sundown, and sundown on Saturday. That's the Sabbath time. And we need to understand where the Sabbath comes and where it is within the psyche of the Jewish, the Jewish culture and the Jewish religion to actually understand that for us ourselves. And so we actually need to jump to Exodus, one of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verses 8 through to 11, and it says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Notice 
what we need to do, right up, right up at the very beginning, we need to keep it holy. It's about keeping that day holy. For we have six days each week for ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord, our, your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living amongst you. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath and set it apart as holy. <coughs> Excuse me. See, the Sabbath is, is about keeping it holy, about dedicating that time to God. The law lays it down that the Sabbath day is to be kept holy and, and, and therefore not to do work on it, to actually get out of that working thing. It's, it's a good principle to actually have, to not work, to spend some time reflecting on what God has done, giving thanks to where God is, to worship and, and come into this space that we have here. But see, the thing is, throughout the history, what, they, what people wanted to do was define what it meant to do work. So on the Sabbath day, you weren't meant to do work. But, so therefore, the question becomes, what is work? What things do you classify as work? And so, so there's this whole volumes of literature defining what each of these rules and regulations are, what they can or can't do. And so one definition that is used about what work is on the Sabbath day, and work is therefore defined to carry a burden. And so, you know, work is carrying a burden. So therefore you then have to then now define what a burden is. And a burden is defined, and this is defined by the, you know, in, in, by the scribes and these things. And here's some, of the, here's some of the points, and I'm just going to pull bits of it out. Here's some of the classification of what work is. Work is you know, to carry a burden, and the burden is a food equal to the weight of a dried fig. So you can't carry anything heavier than, that is food, heavier than the weight of a dry fig, which is not very heavy, is it? So you've got to define that. So, or it's, it's enough wine to carry enough wine that you can, you can actually mix it in a goblet. So you can't carry too much wine. You can carry enough, but not too much. Or you can you know, carry enough milk. You, you can't carry more milk than one swallow. You know, one mouthful of milk. This is, this is kind of the ridiculous nature of starting to define what you know, what it meant to do work, what it meant to carry a burden. You know, it was like, you know, it, it was, you weren't allowed to carry enough ink to write two letters of the alphabet. And that's pretty amazing. Like, if we were to put this in the modern day text, you know, kind of framework, <clears throat> it would be, you know, you, you're not allowed to put more than two characters of text into anything. Otherwise, it would be considered work. All those people that on, you know, the day off, you're texting away, you're all working. You're all carrying a burden. You're all doing something. Or, or uh, you know, you can't carry a reed, so that's, a, you know, the, the dried plant, to, to be able to make a pen because you might do work with it. So you can't carry that reed because you might turn it into a pen. You might write something. 
It, it became so ridiculous that, you know, it, it, there would be debates about whether a tailor was actually allowed to carry a pin on their, you know, um, jacket. Because if they're carrying a pin, therefore then they're, you know, they're, they're doing work because that's part of their work they have. Or, you know, a woman, they're not allowed to wear a brooch or not allowed to wear false hair, you know, or, you know, and it came down to, could you actually have your artificial teeth in, your false teeth in, or wear your artificial leg because that's work? You know, and it got, it got so ridiculous was it became about were you able to lift a child up on that day or not because picking up a child would then be work. So if the child's crying, can you lift it up to comfort it? So following the rules and regulations, thinking about what work is and burdens, it became, you know, this, this mind-numbing sets of rules and, and ways we can start to think about it. It's, it's kind of like you're not allowed to carry an ice cream cone in your pocket. You wonder why it's there. See, what Jesus is coming against is religion that has become legalistic observance to rules and regulations and saying you're not allowed to do this, you can't do that, you have to wear this, you've got to do that. Jesus was breaking it all apart. See, that's not what it means to be a Christian. It's not about the rules. It's not about observing those rules. Christianity is about the relationship we have with Jesus and the willingness to let God be in control of your life. That's so important. So the thing is that we can't get consumed with what we're doing with our lives. Whether it be work, whether it be play, whether it be activities, we just can't get consumed with that. We need to actually set some time apart in our life. This is what we need to actually understand, that the principle is fantastic. Not to get consumed with work, not to get consumed with activity. Have you noticed how your life gets filled with things over and over and over and over again, whether it be fun stuff, whether it be work busy stuff, whether it just be daily parts of life, set some time apart to actually reflect and upon what God has done, upon the provisions that God has given in your life. And that's what Jesus is saying. It's, it's not about the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath was made for the needs of people so that they can have some space because we're so good at filling every moment of our life to have some space to let God be holy, to reflect upon what God is doing. See, simply following the rules and the regulations won't bring you actually into that relationship with God. It won't bring you into a relationship with Jesus. So it's not about meeting the requirements of the Sabbath. It's about setting aside that time to get into relationship with God. Set that time into worship, into prayer, into reading the Bible, into coming together into community of believers to, to share with one another. Because, and this is why I wanted to flip the two readings around, have the second one first and explore what that meant about the law. But the, the, the first reading was, was Jesus was actually bringing a complete new way of relating to God. So I want us to actually 
jump back into that reading from Mark's Gospel. Get it fresh in our head from Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through to 22. And so on, so we've got it here. Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and why the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast when celebrating with a groom? Or, of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will also fast. Besides, who would patch old cloth with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine will burst the wineskin and the wine and the skins would be both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. See, See, Jesus, he's, he's actually in this whole framework of, of walking and talking and teaching and encouraging and showing the disciples through his words, through the ways and the patterns of behaviour, what it means to come into relationship with God, what it means to redefine what it is, to actually have a living relationship with Jesus. That's so important for us. So Jesus gets caught up in this debate over about following rules and following the ways of behaviour of the Pharisees and John's, John the Baptist's disciples. See, at the heart of this, Jesus is challenging the religious leaders to see that their rules were not bringing life. He's challenging the religious leaders to say, your rules are becoming a burden and not life-giving. And in fact, you actually need to change your ways in order to actually follow God properly, to follow Jesus. And see, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were unwilling to change their ways because they become so ingrained, so important for them to do certain behaviours, to be a certain way, that they weren't able to hear what Jesus was saying. See, Jesus uses this illustration about new and old to teach about a new way that Jesus is bringing. So you don't put on that new piece of cloth, unshrunken cloth, cloth that you haven't washed a number of times so that it shrinks back down. You know, you don't put it on an old garment because that's going to shrink as you wash it and use it and it's going to ruin the whole thing. In the same way with wineskins, new wineskins, you know, where you would put the wine to, to ferment and, and age in that time, they were elastic, but older wide skins have dried up and they wouldn't stretch. And so as you put the new unfermented wine in there, you know, the old skins wouldn't be able to stretch with the wine and the fermentation press and they'd rip apart. So Jesus is actually saying that he's not come to fix the problem around the Pharisees and rules and regulations about that. He's actually come to replace it with something better, which is relationship with knowing Jesus, with actually having salvation through Jesus. For us, change is not always bad, but change is not always good. Change is always difficult when we actually think about it. Change is always difficult. 
You know, we, we, we may be saying, you know, when, when we think about change, when we think about change in our life, in our time, you know, you, you may go, we've never done it that way before. We've never experienced God's presence that way before. And this is what the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the time were saying. We, 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 we've learnt to understand God this way. But you're telling us God's coming differently? We, we've never done it that way before. But that doesn't stop it from being what God wants and God's way. See, you know, we, we've never seen this actually... You know, the time that we live in right now with all these churches moving things to online worship and moving it in that way, you know, it was only at the beginning of the year many of these churches would never have considered or even thought about doing church online in this way, in this format. Because we've never done it that way. We never had to. We never wanted to. Here's one of these big pivotal moments. The world has changed. God is using this space to bring relationships even further. Just because we may not have done it this way before doesn't mean we shouldn't do it this way now. See... Going back to the the passage, the Pharisees needed to trade in their self-righteousness about a religion that was based on the works, on the things they had to do. And they needed to repent and believe in who Jesus Christ was. Repent for forgiveness of sins and to bring life because Jesus brings life, not rules. See, Jesus brings us life, not rules. See, Christianity is not about the rules. It's about the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. It's the relationship with a person who who loves you and wants you to, to be the best that you possibly can be. So even the commandments of the Bibles are not designed to ruin your life. They're there to enrich your life. I want to leave you with, with this last passage from John's Gospel, John chapter 10, verse 10, and it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose. This is Jesus' purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus came to give you a rich and satisfying life, only if we're willing to have that relationship with him. So let's just pray now. Let's just ask that we may come into this relationship with God. Let us know that we are not bound by the rules and regulations. That's not the purpose of what Christianity is about. It's about life that is changed. It's about grace that God has given us. So let's just come and just... Just pray. Just ask for God to come into our lives. And Lord, we just, we just pray this moment that you will be upon us, that you've challenged us, that you've opened up your, your word to us through the Bible. May it encourage us. May it challenge us. May it bring us new life. That it's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's about love. It's about relationship. It's about God, you seeking us. And Lord, may, may we just tap into that. May we reach into that, lean into that so we may know the love of God for ourselves. May we know the presence of God in our lives. May you, Lord, may your Holy Spirit be upon each and every one of us today. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.